Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Gotten off to an amazing start, and I still believe the best is yet to come. Amen. Well, hey, we have a uh, we have a, a series that we have been. This is week three of a uh, of a four part series. So we'll end this next week, and uh, we've been calling it Imagine Twenty Twenty. And uh, the reason why we're uh, really embracing that theme, it really came out of a verse of scripture found in Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty. And it's not really specific just to this verse of scripture, excuse me, to this uh, theme for this series, but really for the whole year. It's something that God just really put on my spirit uh, over the holidays. And so as we're looking ahead for 2020, this is something I'm praying for, for us as a church. I'm praying this over you and just praying that God is going to do something awesome. And so with that in mind, I want to share it together. Let's all read this together. Ephesians chapter uh, 3, looking at verse 20, and it goes like this. If you know it by heart, say it with me. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that this year of 2020, God is going to do something immeasurably more than you could think or possibly even imagine in your life or in your marriage or in your relationships or maybe in your financial situation, maybe with your health, your career, your job situation, whatever that might be. I'm praying that this year, 2020, is going to be a breakthrough year. It's going to be an opportunity for you to see God at work, for Him to give you the desires of your heart and really just immeasurably more than you could think or even imagine. You believe that, you want that, you desire that. And so that's what we're praying for and believing God for. And, and I just want to say this, I know um, that if you are a follower of Christ, and you know, I can honestly say from my own personal life and testimony as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have learned something in my life. And I would be safe to say that many of you probably can testify to this. But I have found that in my own life that any time I step out in faith and I trust God for something. In other words, I'm stepping out and I'm believing God, maybe in my marriage, finances, work, relationships, whatever, it's, whatever it is I'm praying God for. Praying that God would do more of and, and praying for God to work in. Here's what I've learned. Then anytime you step out in faith and you surrender your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, you literally give them to God and you trust God for the unknown, but you allow God to work in you and through you, here's what happens. Usually vision meets opposition. I don't know why it is. Well, I kind of know why. It's simply because we have an enemy who opposes vision. We have an enemy who opposes what God wants to accomplish. God doesn't want your marriage to grow and get better. Listen, God doesn't want you to get healthy this year or to, to overcome whatever setback you've encountered in your finances or maybe in a relationship or whatever this is. God, listen, God desires for you to, to experience his fullness, but the enemy wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy what God is getting ready to do. Therefore, vision always attracts opposition. As a matter of fact, the bigger the vision, the bigger the opposition. And I don't know why, but I just think for some reason, 
there are a lot of people who just want to throw in the towel and quit at the first glance at any kind of setback or opposition or hardship that comes their way. But also knew this to be true. And this is so important. That on the other side of opposition is also the greatest blessings in life. We have to push through. We have to persevere. I was having a conversation with a friend uh, earlier this week, and he was sharing with me about this very thing that happened in his life uh, this past year. He and his wife moved from their uh, home uh, town there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, he was telling me that his job had transferred him down here, but it was very hard for he and his wife because uh, she had left also uh, a business that she had worked very hard at uh, growing over the course of time. She had a lot of different clients, so she had a very strong client base. And, um, and so, therefore, she was really having to give up pretty much everything. So they moved down here on faith. They just really sensed it was God leading them to do this. So they moved here to Orlando. Uh, they began to build a home. And suddenly, one setback after another began to happen with their builder, their home situation. Uh, doors of opportunity suddenly were closing in situations and circumstances. Things kind of just sensed. In, in, in some ways, things kind of. Uh, she was kind of sensing that things had kind of grown dormant in terms of opportunities or business ventures. And, and so they begin to second guess. They begin to question whether or not they were at the right place, if they did the right thing. And all of a sudden, she became very discouraged. And therefore, because she was discouraged, he became discouraged. And they were really just questioning whether or not they really heard God's voice. But again, it continued with his story. And he said, but you know, just about the time we were getting ready to really just maybe throw in the towel and go back home, God began to open doors. And all of a sudden, God kind of gave them a breakthrough. Now, all of a sudden, her business has really flourished and taken off. And God has opened a new door of opportunity for him in his line of work. And all of a sudden, he's looking back at it. He said, I'm so thankful we didn't bail before the breakthrough. And I just believe that that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to defeat us, discourage us, confuse us, throw things at us that often will cause us to doubt ourselves or maybe question what God is impressing upon our hearts to do or if we're doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we can listen to the enemy. We can listen to those lies. We can, we can allow the situation or the opposition to suddenly defeat us before we allow God to bring forth the breakthrough. So I just want to say this. I just believe that there are some of you here today and, and maybe that's where you're at. You're facing some opposition already right here at the beginning of 2020. You've set some goals. You've got some aspirations. There's some things you've prayed for. There's some things that you've kind of surrendered to God. And now all of a sudden as you're moving forward and you're trusting God in the process, you're already starting to sense and to see some resistance along the way. Well, let's, once again, the greater the vision, the greater the opposition. And whatever you do, don't throw in the towel and don't quit. And here's something very important if you're taking notes. I'd encourage you to jot down this statement. The reason why you perhaps are experiencing opposition may not be because you're doing something wrong. It could be that you're doing something right. And therefore, as you're doing the right thing, as you're honoring God and you're obeying God and you're believing God for immeasurably more for what he wants to accomplish in you and through you, I promise you the enemy is going to come after you. 
He's going to oppose you. He's going to confuse you. He's going to intimidate you. And he's going to get you to a place of compromise where he weakens your faith, where you want to quit and you just want to throw in the towel. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to learn from Nehemiah, the guy that we've been talking about, that you don't want to bail before the breakthrough. So we're going to pick up the story, and because this is really Nehemiah's situation, the circumstances now that he's facing, let me just kind of give you the Wikipedia version of the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah that we've been in over the last couple of weeks. So Nehemiah, he at the time uh, is living in exile, so he's in this place called Persia, and he is a cupbearer to the king, King Artaxerxes of Persia. Persia now had taken over the Roman Empire that, that had already previously conquered there in uh, Jerusalem, and so the, the wall of Jerusalem had been torn down. They had been lying dormant for a hundred and forty years. And so a thousand miles away, Nehemiah hears the fact that these walls have been, had been crumbled. The, the, the gates had been burned. The people were down, the defeated and depressed. And all of a sudden, as he hears the news and the tragic situation back home a thousand miles away, in his spirit, he begins to believe God has something great and store for his people. And so he begins to take that step of faith. So therefore, he says, if something's got to be done, it might as well be me. And so he gets favor, he gets permission from the king. And so he arrives back in Jerusalem. He goes back to his homeland. He mobilizes a, a remnant of people, and they begin to do something that nobody thought was possible, and that was to rebuild the walls, to fortify the city, to protect the people so that they could have the walls there from the, from the opposing forces that would potentially come in and, and, and take over. And so here he is mobilizing the people, and we're going to pick up the story in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. And by the way, anytime you have a vision from God, the Bible says where there is a vision, the people perish, okay? So when, a, when people lose their why, when they lose their way, when they lack direction, when they don't have much purpose or much motivation to do anything, it might be because they just lack vision. So therefore, when you gain clarity and you get vision, vision, here's what it does. It gives you motivation. Vision gives you direction. Vision sparks passion. Vision gives you a sense of purpose and destiny. So when you have vision in your life and you begin to move forward with God in that vision, whether it's having a strong, healthy marriage, whether it's, listen, putting God first in your finances, whether it's, you know, beginning to, you know, put Christ at the center of your relationships or your workplace or whatever it might be, the moment you get vision, you're going to attract opposition. So this is what Nehemiah starts to encounter in verse 18. He says, come, let's, let's build a wall of Jerusalem and, and not live with this disgrace any longer, I told them. So I told them how God was, support, God was supporting me and how the king was backing me up. And they said, hey, we're with you. Let's get started. And so they rolled up their sleeves. And I love this, ready for the good work. So here they are, they're stepping out, they're moving forward, they're advancing the vision, they're starting to, to regroup, and now they're beginning to mobilize, and they're beginning to move forward to accomplish the good work of rebuilding the walls. And then all of a sudden, something happens. The enemy comes along, 
and begins to confuse them. We're going to pick up the story. So the first thing is this. If you're taking some notes today, here's what you need to understand. Our adversary, the enemy, the Bible says, Jesus said in John 10.10, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So he wants to, he wants to steal, take away, rob you from whatever it is that God wants to accomplish in you and through you. So therefore, our adversary, the enemy, here's what he'll do. He will work to discourage you from the outside. Now that may not make sense, but let, let's continue the story. Maya 4, verses 1 through 3, it says this. When, Sal- when Sanballat heard that, that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. Notice, he begins to talk trash. He begins to go negative. He begins to all of a sudden make fun and belittle, demean the people of Israel. So he ridicules the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And then notice, Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox, if he climbed up on it, he would break down the wall of stones. So notice the very first thing that begins to happen as these Jews begin to mobilize by rebuilding the wall... The enemy begins to attack from the outside. And here's how the enemy will work. So often he will put obstacles in your way. Let me give you a little example of how this can work. You may be here today and you think, okay, 2020 is our year. We're going to put God first in our finances. And 2020, We're going to make this year the year that we get out of debt. We want to be debt-free, and we want to live so we can live in financial freedom. So that's a good goal, right? It's a good aspiration. So you're going to sign up for FPU, Financial Peace University, right? You're going to go out the tent today. You're going to sign up for FPU. You're going to get your workbook. Man, you're going to, you're going to, man, you get Dave Ramsey tattoo on your, on your shoulder. And you're going all in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you are stoked. This is going to be the year to go debt free. Go to your first class. Man, you get the overview. Man, you're all excited. You walk out. You got a plan. You're getting ready to move forward. Guess what happens? Your car breaks down. And all of a sudden, you take your car to the mechanic. And the mechanic, $745 later, slaps you with a bill. And you think to yourself, I didn't have time to get an emergency fund together. And as a result, now you're taking one step forward and two steps back. And what you wanted to do, which was a good thing, what you were aspiring to do and accomplish, which is have financial freedom, now you're going further in debt. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? That's happened to me countless times. And so what happens is that once again, vision attracts opposition. Remember, the greater the vision, the greater the opposition. So you got to understand that the enemy will put obstacles in your way to trip you up. 
I, um, I'll never forget when Michelle and I moved here from Dallas, Texas, nearly 20 years ago to pursue a dream that God had put in our hearts. I had traveled for about 14 years as an author and speaker and traveled all over America to over 2 million schools and over 2,000 public and private high schools across America. And God had just put into my spirit, put in our heart, the dream, the idea about starting a church. We had just built a home that we would consider to be our dream home and a home that we had anticipated living in forever. Our parents were there. It was my hometown. Our friends were there. Our home church was there. It was kind of our home base. And yet we walked away from all of that, came to Orlando, Florida to pursue a dream. And I used to tell my parents one day, when I'm grown, I'm going to live in Florida. So we moved to Florida. The dream became a reality. We had two small kids at the time. Our oldest was four. Our next to the oldest was two. And Michelle was eight months pregnant. So here we got this lofty vision, this dream. We moved from Texas to Orlando, not knowing a soul, left everything behind, our support system, everything behind, came here with nothing, no guarantees about anything. A guy that I met offered to let us stay in his little uh, bachelor pad, which happened to be like a, an old-style little Florida house where cinder blocks, it was kind of actually sitting on top of cinder blocks, very small, little, 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 you know, cute little house. But here we are, two small children, again, Michelle, eight months pregnant. One day, the kids were itching, and we're thinking, what is going on? We're lying in bed at night. Man, we're like, man, gosh, man, something's crawling all over me. Giving me the heebie-jeebies. You know what it was? It was fleas. We call the critter control. Critter control comes out. They get under our house. Mr. Gage, you got some dead raccoons under this place. I'm telling you, fleas were coming out of the air vents. They were like taking over. Ants began to take over the house, crawling everywhere. Michelle, eight months pregnant. Mama ain't happy, and nobody happy. We're thinking to ourselves, this can't get any worse. Well, here she is, eight months pregnant, wanting to soak. You know what I'm saying? Ladies, y'all probably know this. She's just wanting to soak. You know what I'm saying? A woman's got to soak. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have a bathtub. We had a stand-up shower with a little rink-a-dink hose, and you had to literally jump around just to get wet. And so here she is, miserable. She's mad at me, dragging her all across the country. And honestly, we're both kind of like, and just sorry to be blunt here, but it's like, God, what the hell are you doing? I mean, we're trying to trust you, honor you. We're trying to obey you. We stepped out in faith. We're, we're pursuing a vision you put in our heart, and this is, how you, this is how you roll with us. Never forget, Michelle would try to dry her hair after, you know, you know she uh, jumped around in the shower to get wet. And, um, and so what happened, every time she turned on the hair dryer, the whole electricity would go out of the whole house. Man, I would flip the breakers up and down. I called my landlord, and I said, hey, 
what is up with the, with the electrical system in your house? Because every time my wife, she wants to blow dry her hair, the electricity goes off. He said, how many light bulbs are burning? I said, five. He said, well, that's the problem. He said, you need, to unscrew, you need to unscrew two of the five light bulbs. I said, what? He said, trust me, it'll work. Michelle was like, what in the world have you got my, what have you brought me here to do? I think you get the picture. The point is, is that opposition began to happen immediately when we hit town to pursue a dream, to pursue a vision. And I'm here to tell you, I've come to realize from my own personal experiences, the moment you step out in faith, the bigger the vision, the bigger the, listen, the bigger the opposition. But on the other side of the opposition lies the greatest blessings. And the greatest blessings will also attract the greater opposition. But the greater the opposition, the greater the blessings. It's just the way it is. So you can't bail before the breakthrough. you got to pursue what God is calling you to do. Do the right thing. Because listen, it may not be that you're doing the wrong thing. It might be the reason why you're getting opposition and resistance is because you're doing the right thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, resist the resistance. That's what we have to do. we got to resist the resistance. Don't bail before the breakthrough. So what does the enemy do? He tries to defeat you from the outside. He'll put obstacles in your way. But there's a second thing he'll do, another tactic, is he will, he will put criticism in front of you. Have you ever noticed how everywhere you go, when you have a big dream or a lofty um, desire to do something, or maybe just something you want to see God do in your marriage or do something maybe in your workplace with some, you know, with some people that you want to really impact for, for God, and all of a sudden, people that you're trying to help sometimes will turn on you, and those same people you're trying to help sometimes will curse you. You're trying to bless them, and they're trying to come along and curse you and it's crazy just how it works but the enemy will come along and he'll hurl hurl criticism and insults why did to intimidate you once again to confuse you to cause you to doubt yourself and doubt God and to weaken your faith and cause you to lose confidence and what it is that God has led you to do I call them vision villains anybody know a vision villain vision vandals you know, it's crazy. There are people like that everywhere. And the moment you go public with your, with your vision, sometimes the enemy will work even harder and work through people to confuse you. I'll never forget, I was actually talking to a gentleman this past week. And um, after I was sharing with him a little bit about our church, he goes, oh, yeah, you're that church that was trying to buy the land on the corner of Kirby Smith Road and Narcusi Road. And I said, yeah, we're that church. He goes, man, you guys went through it, didn't you? I said, yeah. I'll never forget that experience. I'll never forget we, God opened the door. We just really felt like God was leading us to purchase this piece of property on the corner of Kirby Smith Road and Narcusi. And so we had it under contract and you know, we get our plans together. And you know how it works. You have to, un- you have to go, you have to, you have to make your plans public. And so we had a hearing. And so people from, you know, community came, Lake Nona Middle School, places packed. And words beginning to spread. I mean, social 
media. And so that night, I'll never forget, had, you know, our people from the church, and the, but, but you had another huge crowd of people that were in opposition, and all of a sudden, I'm in an open mic after our city planners, you know, attorneys, everybody were there, and so we have to answer all these questions, and in an open mic, I mean, I'm like taking bullets. I mean, one fiery dart after another, people accusing us as a church of certain things, accusing me of this, and I mean, just, it was like, they had like blown up and exaggerated the reality and the facts of what we were doing. By this time, even social media just not gone like crazy. I'll never forget, we kept pushing through, and our city, you know, our planners and attorneys, everybody kept saying, man, you, you know, hey, just keep doing the right thing, keep doing the right thing. Which, by the way, anytime you got somebody who's verbally attacking you, they're going on social media, you know, whatever. Don't, listen, don't get back on and try to get back at them on Facebook. Listen, don't, 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 here's what you do. Nehemiah, you know what he did? When they started hurling insults, hey, just pray and stay above the fray. Just take the high road. And so that's what I did during that whole time. You have no idea how bad I wanted to give these people peace of my mind. Never forget the day of the big presentation, live Orange County TV. The little chamber was packed. We had people there from our church you know, wearing T-shirts. and I mean, it was... It was awesome to see all the support. Everybody's so excited. But we had the opposition show up in big numbers too. And I had to sit, I was on the front row. I'll never forget, front row. And I'm telling you, in the microphone on television, people getting up one after one, just, I mean, like saying the craziest, most bizarre, fabricated, exaggerated stuff you could possibly imagine, just lie after lie after lie. I'm sitting there having to just like, Everything within me, just trying to contain myself. And then one dude, he gets up. And I'll never forget, he was a big dude too. And he got up and said some things. And when he turned around, he came up to me and he leaned over at me and he pointed his finger at me and said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And he walked off. I wanted to, boom. I wanted to lay hands just lay hands on him in Jesus' name, you know what I'm saying? Crazy. Look at me. It's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He is our accuser. He wants to point his finger at you. He wants to whisper lies into your heart. He wants to say things and remind you about your past. Listen, he wants you to question God. He wants you to question yourself. He wants you to feel ashamed of the fact that you're willing to step out and trust God. But let me tell you something. Anytime the enemy whispers in your ear and reminds you of your past, you just point your finger back at him and you remind Satan of his future. Listen, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Man, if God is for us, then who can be against us? With God, all things are possible. Listen, the greater the vision the greater the opposition but on the other side of the opposition lies the greatest blessing and so I just believe with all of my heart if it wasn't that property it's going to be something even greater that God has for us and we can't wait to see what God is going to do he can do immeasurably more than we can think or even imagine and God is already working I promise you God has something that he's going to reveal so here's what we got to understand 
The enemy wants to defeat you and discourage you from the outside, but he also wants to get you from the inside. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Meanwhile, the people in Judah, notice the strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. And sometimes what happens is that the enemy will put obstacles in our way. Man, we start listening to all the chatter and the, the lies the enemy will put inside of our head to confuse us and cause us to doubt ourselves and to question, and am I doing the right thing? I must have missed God on this, and maybe, 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 maybe my husband's never going to change. Maybe, maybe people, maybe they're, what they're saying is true. She's not, she's just never going to change. She'll always be that way, or my, my son, or who's on drugs, he'll, I, I guess he's just too far gone. I don't know that nothing will ever bring him back. You know, we start believing the lies. And the enemy's not attacking now from the outside. He's now going to the inside. He's trying to attack your emotions. He's, he's trying to defeat you spiritually. He's, he's coming at you full throttle. Why? Because he knows if he can get you down and defeated and discouraged and depressed, he's got you. If he can rob you from your joy, that's why Nehemiah says, hey, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So whatever you do, don't allow the enemy to rob you of your joy. You know why that's so important? The reason why it's so important is simply because if we can put the focus on how big our problems are, then what it feels like is that God is aloof and the problems are too big for God to handle. That's a lie. The truth is, when you focus on how big God is, God will remind you of how small your problems are. Because God is bigger than your problems. And so listen, we got to understand that, listen, on the other side of vision is going to be opposition. But on the other side of opposition lies the greatest blessing. We have to push through. So quickly, two things. You say, man, Pastor, that's where I'm at. I mean, I'm going through some difficulties, some hardships. Right now, I seem to kind of be, kind of, I'm just like a lone ranger. I feel like it, things just aren't going the way I'd hoped. I mean, here, here we are. We haven't even finished the first month of 2020, and I've already encountered some setbacks. And just feeling a little overwhelmed right now. Two things. I want to wrap it up in prayer. Number one is you need to, you need to do what Nehemiah did. In Verse 14 in Nehemiah 4, here's what Nehemiah did. He said, after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles and the officials and the, the rest of the people, he said, don't be afraid of them. He said, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. And notice what he said. He said, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Don't be afraid of them. Remember God's promise? Hey, when you walk through the rivers of difficulty, man, when you go through the fires of oppression, Isaiah tells us, what did he remind us? I will be with you. What did God promise? Hey, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. And so we got to remind ourselves, hey, of God's provision. Hey, he's provided in the past. He'll provide for the future. we got to remind ourselves of God's protection. Hey, he kept me from this. He's going to shield me from that. 
Hey, you just remember God's provision, his protection, and his presence. And when you remember the Lord and you focus on how big God is, suddenly your problems become small. Not only do we need to remember the Lord, but we need to fight for our cause. I love what he said. And he said, fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. Notice he didn't say fight for yourselves. He said, no, 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 no. Fight for something bigger and greater than yourself. Fight for your cause. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your finances. Listen, fight the good fight of faith in the workplace. You may be ridiculed or harassed. People may make fun. Listen, you may feel like you're standing in a firing zone. But let me tell you something. Light shines brightest in the darkest of places. You just keep shining your light. You keep persisting. Resist the resistance. You just keep moving forward in faith. Because on the other side of the opposition lies the greatest blessings. Don't bail before the breakthrough. You know why it's so important that we remember our cause? Because God wants us to honor him. God wants us to fulfill his greater purpose. Listen, God wants us to move forward and advance his purposes. God wants us to experience his goodness immeasurably more than we can think or even imagine. He wants our marriage to flourish. He wants our finances to flourish. He wants our careers to flourish. He wants us to walk healthy and whole. He wants, he desires for those things in and through our lives. But when we surrender those things to him, we got to just know the opposition is going to come our way. So don't lose your vision. Don't lose your why because when you lose your why, you will lose your way. You got to keep focused on the mission. Keep focused on the why. Keep focused on the purpose. You just keep on keeping on and fighting the good fight of faith. You know what? We consist of two dates. The day that we were born and the day that we die. And there's something in between, and it's a dash that separates those two dates. That dash is why God placed us here on earth. That's the why. That's the cause. That's the mission. That's the vision. That's the purpose. And so don't allow the enemy to rob that from you. Don't allow the enemy to confuse you and distract you and defeat you. You just remind him who you are and whose you are. And on the other side of that opposition is God's greatest blessings. You see, the bigger the vision, the bigger the opposition. The bigger the blessing, the bigger the opposition. But the bigger the opposition, the greater the blessing. And so if you're facing opposition today, it may not be because of something you're doing wrong. It might be that you're doing something right. So let's keep fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads together in prayer today. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. 
To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.